Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Well, I'm not so sure if it is, and that's what the topic of today's heavy metal miscellany on April the 11th um, is going to be about, um, as I have experienced the winning and the losing over the last weekend. So I'm going to discuss what that is, what that means, how to accept a big L, as they say, and how to climb out of your hole of self-pity and then try and extract a big W the following day. What the hell am I talking about? Well, it's Agitators Anonymous. It's Tuesday's Heavy Metal Miscellany, uh, a short, sharp shock to the system of heavy metal chat for your Tuesday. I've been neglecting this for the last while. Um, as you might know, I probably talked about on the podcast that I've been making the new Primordial album number 10 for the last month. But today, the um, all of the, what shall we say, the final links, the masters, the everything has been sent away to the powers that be. And it is a done deal, my friends. Signed, sealed and delivered. So you now have my full and undivided attention. What a horrible thing that may prove to be. Right. Well, Dread Sovereign played two gigs this weekend. We don't play very often. We don't play very much anymore. We've done, of course, a few tours and met many of you out there and had a drink with you and partied with you. And everybody will know Dread Sovereign is kind of like my rock and roll alter ego. Um, so I'm just going to discuss a little bit about what happened, unfolded at the weekend, because I think there's a very um, there's a few existential life lessons to learn over the weekend um, about how you deal with... Um, a big L, L being a big loss when you play an absolutely terrible gig and you have to take it on the chin and how difficult that might be. Before I start talking about that, um, I'll just say that the podcast is sponsored by Metal Blade. Uh, Metal Blade Records, 40 years of heavy metal history. You can go to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade um, and use the promo code AA2023 and you will get 10% off your order no matter where you are in this world you can find the links below and also if you're um a couple of people asked me about this over the weekend 
backdrops, cool backdrops, proper backdrops, fireproof backdrops, very important. Um, the show is sponsored by, um, well, look, if you're looking for a backdrop for your band, just hit me up in the DMs and I will send you across to the powers that be, the backdrop powers that be, and we can fix you up with a very good deal. I kid you not. And they are great. If you've seen Promodio Live and you've seen the huge backdrops that we have, um, or, you know, the kind of thing, if you watched, say, Running Crisis Weekend at Dark Easter Metal Meeting, had cool backdrops, well, um, this is what I'm talking about. So let's talk about the logistics, for example, of getting a band like Dread Sovereign to go and play two shows in Germany. Now, many of you have known me to talk about lately the post-pandemic prices of things. Let's say that to do this in 2015, you might have been able to find a flight for 89 euro, 109, 129 euro. But now to go to bring three people to fly into um, these two gigs in Germany, the flights are all two to three hundred. And that's before you add a guitar, you add luggage and primordial, excuse me, not primordial, Dread Sovereign went to play at Karmoygeden Festival in Norway and we had to borrow instruments because it was simply um, not cost effective to fly Dublin, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Norway and back the other way and bring uh, two instruments, two guitars, 50 euro each flight. Yeah, I kid you not. Two to 300 euro to just bring a guitar with you. And when you're only being paid, I mean, if you go and see a band, um, say, you know, on, let's say a Dark Easter Metal meeting, you're talking about the small stage, you're talking about each band being paid a couple of hundred euro for each show. Um, and so where you might have been able to come out of doing a weekend like this a few years ago with a few hundred good, or at least not lose money. Already, when you're trying to move three people from Ireland to, um, let's say we were flying into Berlin, you've got to stay the night before, before you take the train from Berlin down to Svikau, which is kind of south of Leipzig. It's about a four-hour train journey. Because some of the flights have been removed, um, it's quite difficult to fly some places now. Like, for example, as I understand it, there is no direct flight between Helsinki and Dublin. Some of you may have gone to the Redemption Festival, which we used to do in Dublin before Primordial. It was kind of like new Primordial album. Let's try and invite some of our friends, some cool bands. And man, we had, man, yes, listen to me, 70s. Um, I was born in the 70s, as I said, yes. Um, so many great bands, Grave Miasma, Solstafir, Rotting Christ, uh, Mugwa, Urfaust off the top of my head, Drowned, the list goes on, Necros Christos. Um, and you were able to bring all those bands to Dublin because it was kind of a cheap enough um, flight hub. And then also you could find a cheap hotel in the city, but um, that's not possible anymore. You want to fly into Dublin for the weekend and stay in a hotel, stay somewhere decent, it's going to cost you four, five, six hundred euro. The flight's going to be two or three hundred and the hotel's going to be at least 120 to 250 a night. And um, the cost of things, of course, the cost of living crisis, the cost of living um, has just ro risen exponentially. So you can see why for some of those early slots now at lots of festivals, they're all going to local bands who can drive. So you've got Dread Sovereign has to come the night before. So you've got hotel costs the day before. Then you take your train. Now, if your Deutsche Bahn is unusual, sometimes you can get special deals for three, four or five people. But it still means getting there is another 20, 30 or 40 euro each on the train down. Um, and then so you go from Berlin to Svika on the train. And then the next day after your terrible show, which I will get into, um, you then travel uh, all the way from Svekau to Munich, which takes another four or five hours. Um, and so you're, you know, you're changing tra trains three times, you know, and you're traveling for four or five hours to get there just for 5 p.m. when you're playing at seven. 
and already the costs are, to be honest, greater than the amount of money that you're being paid. Um, and so don't forget also, of course, if you're going to bring T-shirts and stuff, that's extra luggage. Anyway, enough about complaining about costs. We all know, you all know whether um, when you go around to your local shop, remember you've been in a band, you're listening to me and you're going, ah, we want to go and do this, that and the other. Um, yes, the cost of things have just become exponentially greater and it just makes things so much harder to make a weekend like this happen. But happen it did. And so a little insight into how it feels when the show just, where everything goes wrong. Not everything, but almost everything. So, so first of all, when you're, you know, first of all, if you're listening to this and, you know, you're not in a band or that kind of thing, you do know when the atmosphere is a bit, is a bit off. Uh, whether it's between, you know, the, the band, whether it's you feel unprepared, there are very, there are small little details which you have to get your eye into. And if you feel a bit uh, distracted, maybe you're feeling a bit anxious, or maybe you've had uh, two or three too many beers, or there's a whole load of things that can just make you take your eye off the ball. And as um, I've written a few kind of little words down here on my page to prompt me on my conversation, because my brain is still a bit broken over the weekend, but one is fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Um, and I think that that's very prescient when it comes to trying um, to play a gig because of course if you have you know if you're a bigger band and you roll in and there's roadies and everything is okay and you can just walk on stage and you feel how can we say you have to feel calm within yourself that the day has to settle in on the right atmosphere it all sounds a bit ephemeral and a bit esoteric maybe um, it's not meant to be but sometimes you can just take things for granted that look it's going to be fine which is a very Irish thing to go Asher it'll be grand Asher it'll be grand it'll be fine and then sometimes it's not fine. And how do you take that on the chin? First of all, when you're like a heavy metal band like Dread Sovereign, which is playing sort of loose, raw, rock and roll kind of style, uh, playing with, you know, only black metal bands, for example, can be quite difficult. Um, if there's a more heavy metal tinge to the audience, it's easier. But you can't blame people for standing with their arms folded or wondering what the fuck is going on when your gig kind of descends into a mess. So Dress Oven is playing on the first day, um, the first day of their two days. And, you know, um, Bones, the guitar player, breaks a string with the first note of the first song. And so you have a very big dilemma then. Do you continue with just the bass singing and the drums when you're feeling a bit like when you're starting to play a gig and you're not, you know, um, this ultimately rehearsed, incredibly tight band but I think even this can put those kind of bands off. For example, when something goes wrong right at the start, um, all of a sudden everything is beginning to head very fast downhill. How do you retrieve the situation? It can take a lot of guts, a lot of bravery. It could also take um, maybe the foresight to just go, OK, we just stop. Let's stop everything and start again, which is actually what we should have done but we didn't do. So we soldiered on um, basically with just drums, bass and singing for a couple of minutes while you train your string. Um, and, you know, you don't have roadies to do that kind of thing. And so the whole thing has started on the wrong footing and you can feel it within yourself. Now, for somebody like me, who is not the greatest at playing the bass and singing, um, you need the atmosphere. It needs to be raucous and wild and you need to be able to play like Kronos did in 81, full of dives and bombs and scrapes and all over bits. But when you're left to fill in all the spaces on your own, it has to be kind of precise. When you're not when you just don't play like that it's an awful lot of pressure and then you have to sing as well and so the brain is going oh here we go it's all going to hell 
Then the pedal boards cut out, the amp starts cutting out, and more or less you're just playing what is essentially um, a really sloppy, messy rehearsal in front of 150 people with their arms folded going, what the fuck are you doing? Because they know you from your other band, i.e. from what you're they're going. So we haven't heard your other band, and this is what it is, this kind of mess. And it feels very, it's a very difficult feeling to take on the stage to know that you're just literally um, hurtling downhill. And it's a big thing, you know, it's a very... Um, especially if you've been doing it for decades and decades. The, you know, this this podcast has an element of the confessional about it, but it's a big, um, let's say, it's a big punch to the ego to go, well, you fucked that one up, and you have to be able to take it on the chin, um, which is pretty difficult because there is nowhere really to hide. And so in retrospect, what you should do is maybe just go, okay, look, we're going to stop. We'll come back on when things are fixed. And you play maybe a 30, 35, 40 minute set, a bit shorter, cut 10 minutes off while you fix all the all the, uh, the problems. But in this particular event, we soldiered on. Some of it we redeemed, some of it we didn't. But it's that sinking feeling when you know you're on a sinking ship of a show and you go, wow. Um, and it sounds kind of ugly and kind of terrible, but you go, I can't wait to get off this stage. And that's what Saturday was like. And sometimes then when you've traveled for hours and hours and hours to get there on your own steam and you're, of course, losing money to get there, um, you all sorts of thoughts go through your head, which is, what am I doing here? As is one thing doing that when you're 21 or 22 or 25, when you're a bit older, yeah, it's a very big L and I'm making a little L sign for you all so you can um, feel it in the ether the um the sign of defeat hanging over your venture and it's a it's a big deal you know your ego gets a big punch and the ego and these you know you need to be on full form to be able to convince everybody in that room that like look we're all we're all in this kind of um this thing together and you feed off the energy of the crowd and when there is neither then and everything starts to break and everything starts to fail. You realize you're taking part in one of those gigs that other people will talk about afterwards and go, wow, I saw them. It was a complete disaster, a complete mess. And because of the nature of modern society, and you've probably heard me talk about gigs that I've seen that are a mess, um, people love when it goes wrong. They love a disaster. And it doesn't. it's not a good feeling to be part <laughs> of that. But it is. And what can you do but try and haul yourself up the next day by the bootstraps, as the expression goes, and um, take a long look in the mirror and go, all right, what are we going to do today? <clears throat> and so after a five or six hour train journey to Munich, we arrived two, hour, two hours for the gig and we had an hour to prepare on the stage. And this time um, we managed to focus every bit of energy and you kind of have to calm yourself and go, OK, now. Because when you take things for granted, maybe you haven't checked that lead that goes from one pedal to the other and it breaks during the show. You haven't talked to all the engineers properly and gone, OK, I need this in the monitor, that. These small little moments where you set things up, they just kind of steady the ship. And of course, it was it's helped that the small room in the backstage and Munich was packed and everybody was up for it and they knew the songs and the vibe was cool from the moment we started. And that helps you go, okay, everyone's with us. And then, you know, there was a few technical problems, of course, little few monitor issues and that kind of thing. Um, but a great show, a really, really excellent show and everybody comes off feeling excellent. And you also feel like you've um, performed an act of catharsis, an act of redemption. You've pulled it back out of the fire because to take two big losses 
in a row is the kind of thing that sort of breaks bands up or makes you really, really wonder, what are we doing here? What is this all about? Why are we doing this? Um, does it serve any purpose to spend 10 hours on <laughs> trains traveling across Germany or whatever it was, 12 hours to play two terrible shows and lose money? But thankfully, the uh, Dark Easter Metal meeting, maybe some of you were there. I did meet quite a lot of people there and quite a lot of people who talked about the podcast um, to me. Um, thank you that you're still paying attention after all these these couple of years. But um, it was a redemptive show and a redemptive experience. And so you come home slightly chastened that maybe your complacency was part of the problem for the first show. But yet you relied on your instinct and your your ability to do this as a musician to pull it back out for the second show but that big L that big L that big loss of the first show is a very big um, you know bitch slap to the ego which maybe which maybe some of you are sitting there thinking yeah maybe you needed a little reality check maybe so maybe so but when as a band like Dread Sovereign you don't play that often you kind of feel that every gig has to be at least a 6 or 7 out of 10 every gig has to be a Dennis Irwin there's a football reference for you. Manchester United, right back, Dennis Irwin, um, Mr. Dependable, always 7 out of 10, um, at the very least. You could always depend on him to never put in a bad show. And that's kind of how you feel if you don't play that many shows, that they all have to be at least good to great. And so when you get one that's a 2 or 3 out of 10, it, uh, it's quite a tough pill to swallow. Of course, in the grand scheme of things, um, it really isn't that big a deal. But, you know, at that moment, it does seem like the, you would rather the earth swallow you a bit. And I have to admit, um, at some stage of that gig, I felt like walking off the stage, uh, which is not really me. It's not something I've um, I've ever really felt exactly like that before. I've always gone, you know what, you need to double down and go harder and try and bring people with you and redeem the situation. But this particular situation, it just seemed irredeemable because unless we were going to just play as drum as a, as a drum and bass duo. But anyway, but it does make you wonder about things because you do see other bands, you, you know, younger bands who are coming up and they're, you know, they're putting in the legwork, they're putting in the miles to kind of move their way up the ladder. And then you think to yourself, well, you know, at least for me, I have a, you know, Dread Sovereign is, like I said, the uh, rock and roll alter ego to whatever it is that I'm doing in Primordial. And you have to ask yourself when you've taken a big loss and a big a lot of traveling and you're tired and exhausted and you think to yourself, well, what am I putting myself through this for? Then, of course, the gig the next day is the redemption. Maybe that's the, the arc that we all need to put things into a greater perspective. Hey, those new Metallica songs are not bad, are they? Hey, hmm? Yes, indeed. And, of course, like every great train journey, we did take a while discussing what are the top five goth albums ever made? What are the top five thrash metal albums ever made? What are the top five albums from 1986 ever made? And, um, you know, all the other stuff that goes into a very long um, road trip. While, of course, listening to Depeche Mode. I mean, how could it be any different in Germany? So, Tuesday's Heavy Metal Miscellany for April the 11th, the short, sharp, shock version, is just um, me in the confessional box of heavy metal admitting that... Um, Admitting to victory and defeat, I suppose that's the uh, that's the arc. That's the uh, arc of life, is it not? Well, my friends, 
The podcast is going to be, let's say, now after the new primordial has been made, um, I'm going to focus again on raising up the level of content and trying to get some more interesting guests. I'm perfectly aware that it feels like it's been treading a bit of water the last couple of weeks as I've been doing reports on what's been happening in the studio and gear and technical stuff. Some people love the gear and the technical stuff. Some people ask me, like, how come you don't talk about politics anymore? How come you don't talk about this? It's all a very good point. So let's try and achieve a bit of a balance to that. And if you've been listening for the last couple of years and sticking with me, I thank you all. My friends, Agitators Anonymous, um, Tuesday Heavy Metal Confessional is you win some, you lose some. It's not the same to me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.